What has a mouth and never eats, has a bed and never sleeps. Always runs and never walks, laughs and rages and never talks. Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast with John and Hannah. Hi. Okay, so if you guessed River to the Riddle just before the intro music, then you are absolutely correct. So, you might say, why do I think rivers are the ultimate encounter for a D&D game? Well, there's a few things you would need for a standard encounter in a D&D game. The first is, you need a location for it to occur in. Now, rivers as a location are very versatile. You can find a river almost anywhere okay maybe not in like deep deserts but even deserts have oases and whether it's subarctic climate whether it's temperate you can have a river running through it and the advantage of a river is that it provides you with a good deal of both visual and non-visual information so cues that you can relate to your players and most of us have seen some sort of river or stream or a body of water. So we have a frame of reference to go on. Now, what do we mean when we say cues? Well, these are the sort of descriptions you use to describe it to your players. Because obviously you're, as the GM, the sort of window they have into your game world. Now, visual cues are quite important. So you can describe the colour of the water, the sort of colour of the bank, how the whether there's mud gathered at the bank, is the river frozen if the weather's cold? So you can also start bringing a bit of the climate into it. But you can also include non-visual stuff like the sound the water makes as it runs across the rocks. Is it a slowly sort of burbling brook or is it a raging torrent with waterfalls with the water crashing over rocks below? So you can get an awful lot of description out of a river. The next thing you often have in an encounter is an antagonist or something to fight. Well, in most D&D games, there's no shortage of sort of hostile wildlife, giant fish, stuff like that, that you can bring in to a sort of river setting. And because so many species are reliant on water, it makes sense that you would encounter lots of creatures, whether they be animals sort of intelligent humanoids stuff like that you would encounter them around a river because people are going to build near rivers because they need water animals are going to go to rivers because they need to drink and those who hunt those animals are going to know that's the place to find them near the river so you've got a ready-made set of encounters there but also as well as combat it also provides an interesting puzzle and a reward for player ingenuity and what do I mean by that? Well, it's nice occasionally to have an encounter where the player characters are rewarded for being clever. They have a puzzle to solve, which isn't just a, of oh, the monster there, let's fight it. Mm-hmm. Now, the standard sort of puzzle of a river is there's a river in your way, there's no bridge, there's no sort of stones or fords, you've got to cross it. And that's actually one of the very first encounters that I try to put in almost any game that I'm running because it's a good one to see how the different player characters work together, who's got what skills, and who maybe out of character needs a bit of help further along. Yeah, it's also handy as well, because it doesn't... And I mean, I'm a big fan of this anyway, because I'm mainly a sort of like an OSR GM. It doesn't really rely on your character having particular skills on your character sheet, because 
depending on how you've described your scene, we can all go, oh, I've got some rope. There's a tree on the other side. Maybe if I like lasso the rope around the tree and sort of hammer it down with a spike at this end, all standard kit for D&D adventurers, then we can sort of use the rope to climb over. Or maybe we can chop down some wood and we can get some logs and make an improvised bridge. There's no end of different ways you can find a way to cross that bridge, but most of it doesn't rely on things you have on your sheet. It just relies on a little bit of logical thinking, which is a good thing. And as Hannah was saying, it's a good initial encounter to sort of see how the party gels together, how they work, who's going to maybe be the sort of lead proponent of ideas who's going to put things forward that sort of thing mm -hmm. another good thing about them is that rivers are sort of scalable very easily as far as threat goes now you'll hear a lot in certain editions of games about balancing encounters and stuff like that and personally i don't worry too much about balancing encounters because in my mind in games if the player characters see an encounter and they're like oh that looks a bit too spicy for us to handle it probably is and they should react accordingly however with a river it's very easy to scale that so let's say to use our example earlier the player characters have got to cross the river you want it to be a low threat sort of just a little bump in the road not anything major you all you've got to do is the river's a little bit narrower maybe it's a a little less deep maybe it's a slowly babbling stream rather than like a big river Maybe it's got stepping stones or a ford. Yeah, exactly. It could even have a bridge. And if you still want an element of danger, you can always say, oh, the bridge is like rotting and made of planks and maybe it's falling away as you walk over it. Or you've got the old um, Indiana Jones cliche of like the, the rope bridge. And when you step on it, you see like that rope's like fraying and the threads start going, bring, bring, bring. And they have to rush across the bridge. And then how do they get back? Alternatively, if you want to make it more threatening maybe the river's deeper maybe it's faster flowing but if you still want to throw the players a bone obviously anyone falling in a river in plate mail that's deep they're going to drown if you want to throw them a bone maybe there's some rocks in the river that they can try and get to and grab onto to like steady themselves maybe there's low-hanging vegetation they can try and grab on as they're being swept past maybe if they're willing to take a short detour there's a ferryman somewhere upstream exactly which is another good thing about rivers because so many people and the species rely on water if you want to throw in npcs it's a great place to do it because if you're if you go down to a river and you see like a guy who's doing a bit of fishing or a ferryman or something like that it doesn't stand out in your mind as like oh this is a potential threat we best get ready to deal with this because of course you're going to see a guy fishing by a river that's where people fish rivers oceans etc and boats moving down a river give you an opportunity for commerce you can meet traders so all those old sort of D, &D uh, random encounter tables where like occasionally you'll get an encounter where like it doesn't make a lot of sense like you'll be moseying through a dungeon and all of a sudden it goes you roll a dice and it goes well you come across a merchant <laughs> and you're like what they're like they're like 600 feet down in like the underdark like in a mushroom <laughs> cave like what's going on and obviously if you're a practice gm you can sort of finesse that you can go oh maybe the traders like uh uh, a Durgar trader or something like that or maybe it's someone who sells mushrooms or whatever of course you can work it around but it's very easy to use almost any encounter table in connection with a river by saying that like oh if it's an intelligent species they've come to collect water from the river if it's a, a sort of a prey animal for want of a better term they've come to drink at the river if it's a predator 
they've either come to drink or they've come to eat the prey animals that are drinking at the river. If it's an NPC, like a merchant, maybe they're travelling down the river, moving trade goods, and maybe they've stopped to water their horses. If it's adventurers, maybe they're doing exactly the same as the PCs, or maybe they've stopped up to refresh their water. All of the encounter tables that you'll find in most D&D games can be very easily used in the sort of environs of a river. And a river is also a place where people settle. Yes, of course. So cities grow around rivers. Yeah. So if you're doing an urban setting, it's another slightly different sort of part of your environment that you've got to consider. Yes, definitely. Because... Obviously, the city guard have got to get over that river as well. So if you want to do something dodgy, maybe you could take advantage of the river in some way to throw them off. Yeah. Um, Maybe there's something gribbly in the city river and you've got to go and deal with it. But then it's got all the sewers to retreat into as well. Yeah, I mean, as as an OSR sort of um, GM... I'm particularly fond of sort of exploration-based games. I love my hex scrolls and stuff like that. And a big part of those is exploring the world that you're in. And before we had like sort of paved roads and sort of mass transit systems, rivers were one of the main ways that we used to get about, whether that would be barges, rafts, whatever. So if as player characters you're looking for a way to travel quickly yeah you could slog it through the 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 jungles the forests whatever you could try and get a cart and then you have trouble over difficult terrain and stuff like that however if you're going in the direction the river is and you can get yourself a raft or a little boat it makes your exploration much quicker but it doesn't allow you to completely avoid danger and encounters because as we've said lots of other people are also going to be using rivers or interacting with them in some way so it serves as a handy method for speeding transportation without sort of short-circuiting the encounters and stuff like that that make a good deal of the fun of a sort of exploration based D&D game so in conclusion just to recap why do i think rivers are the ultimate encounter it's because they encompass so many of the things that make encounters memorable or great. And that is, they, they sort of give you all the tools you need to describe an interesting location. They're scalable, whether you want low threat, sort of speed bumps, or like really high threat, sort of tense scenarios, like a chase or something like that, easily done on water. They speed and facilitate transport and exploration without short-circuiting encounters. And also because... They allow you to roll so many encounters into a scene that involves a river without it ever really seeming forced or sort of artificial. And to my mind, what more could you ask for from an encounter, really? So we hope you've enjoyed this episode talking all about, in my opinion, the ultimate encounters, rivers. If you'd like to leave us a message, maybe chat about rivers or make suggestions for future episodes or anything else, to be honest, you can leave us a voicemail message using the SpeakPipe website. There's a link below. If you're having trouble with that, some people have on their mobile, then you can leave us a message on our old Anchor account. Again, link below. Or you can send us an email to rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. And until we speak to you again... Take care, stay safe, and whatever you're playing, have fun. Bye.